Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. And it's a great place to listen and learn. And so many people consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. As always, if you have a question, you can visit online at Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can give us a call at 1-800-331-6445. All right, so we have a packed out program for you here today. Today, and, and so I, this is all about assisted living, and I'm going to cover a ton of information. So uh, get ready to listen back to this program or uh, check out the podcast to take notes, or you can take notes right now if you're not driving in your car, of course. But I'm going to define assisted living. I'm going to review the three pricing models for assisted living. I'll warn you about the potential of over-promise, under-deliver, never a good thing. I'll discuss the top 10 most common reasons that a resident could be discharged from the assisted living level of care. And then I'll explain what you can do to avoid a potential discharge and extend your stay at your chosen assisted living community. So let's jump right in there and define assisted living. First of all, this is very misunderstood in the marketplace. Assisted living is a social model. It is not a medical model whatsoever, right? But they do provide a tremendous amount of support. It is a social model designed to help you minimally or fully with those activities of daily living. It is, again, it's not a medical model. They help you with those daily tasks, Okay, they can help you with getting dressed. And again, you may not need help with all of these things, but if you do need help, they've got you covered. Uh, Or maybe you just need help with a couple of these things. But again, minimally or fully with dressing. So getting dressed, getting undressed, showering or taking your bath, your grooming and maybe using the toilet. Right. And maybe 
you're okay with using the toilet. Maybe you need a little help with transfer. So, you know, getting to the restroom and on the toilet safely and off the toilet safety safely. Okay. So, I mean, that's, uh, those are some of those things that, you know, we all take for granted that we can do until we can't do them. And then all of a sudden you're dependent on someone else to help you out with these things. Okay, so they provide all of the meals, snacks, and hydration, so you don't have to worry about cooking. Uh, although, there is a, on the vast majority of assisted living communities and in these assisted living apartments, there's a little kitchenette that has a microwave and a sink, a little bit of counter space, a, couple, a few cabinets, and then usually a small refrigerator. So you can do some reheating in there. You can have some uh, some beverages in your in your little mini fridge there, okay. But you're not doing any more cooking. They take care of all that stuff for you. There is a full slate of activities for social engagement. This one's really important. They do distribute your medications. Now, some people would like to do that on their own. If you can demonstrate you can do that properly and competently, you can uh, you can manage your own meds. But most residents at the assisted living level have. The staff distribute their medicines so that they take them properly and on time. There are physicians that will come into the building to see you there, uh, and that's great. So they essentially make a house call, save you the hassle of getting out and doing that. And uh, there's transportation to and from doctor's appointments and other outside uh, activities. That's great. And they can help you with incontinence management, and this is huge, to a certain point. So if you can basically, I would say if you could generally manage that on your own, that's okay. But when that incontinence management and the issue of incontinence increases to a certain level, they're not going to be, be able to accommodate that. And then this one is super important. They can all offer what's called a one-person transfer. That means if you've weakened a, a, a little bit, so you can... You can maybe get out of bed and to your walker or in and out of your wheelchair uh, or, you know, from point A to point B with the help of one staff person. That's called a one person transfer. Okay. If you need more than that, if you're weakened to the point where you need a two person transfer, then at that point, that is a problem. That's a problem. There are a few places that can accommodate a two-person transfer at the assisted living level. But the vast majority, a one-person transfer is the cutoff. All right, so that is the assisted living level of care. And if we were on television, I would have this awesome graphic that I use in a lot of presentations. Uh, The assisted living level of care, and I'll talk about this later, it's not a standardized model. They can, uh, as long as they're kind of, you know, between this boundary and this boundary, they can kind of do what they want to. So some tend to offer less support. Some offer a tremendous amount of support as far as the amount of help that they will help you with those daily activities. And everything in between. So that that's a tough one. It's not really a standardized model. And that's tough. I'm going to circle back to that a little bit later. All right. So now on to the pricing models. Most people don't know that there are three different pricing models. Well, what do you mean, Steve? Well, okay, I'm going to explain that to you. (laughs) Most of the pricing models 
are they, they look exactly like this. They have this base charge, so a base fee plus a level of care charge. So let's say there could be a base on uh, on a let, let's say you know a, a one bedroom apartment and, and look they they offer most of them offer studio apartments and one bedroom apartments some of them offer two bedrooms most of them are studios and one bedroom okay so let's say we have a base cost of thirty two hundred dollars that includes all the basics and then we have a level of care charge. That could go level of one up to three, maybe upwards of five different levels of care charges. So if you require very little care, maybe you're a level of care one or two, then the cost will be less than if you require a tremendous amount of care and support, maybe at a four or a five. So with this model, you pay for the level of care that you receive. Okay, so that's a base plus a level of care. And the two, the two things, the two drivers of the cost is the size of your apartment and then how much care you provide. So you've got that base charge plus a level of care charge. That's the most common model that I see in our region. Some places offer a, uh, the, a, a pricing model of a base charge plus a la carte. Now, this one gets tricky. Most of my clients just do not love this one. <laughs> so, so you have a base charge, and then you get separate charges for every single little bitty thing. Okay, you get a charge for your shower assistance, for your dressing assistance, to distribute your medicine. And usually that's broken down into three different pieces, right? Uh, one to four medications will charge you, you know, eight bucks a day. Uh, five to nine medications will charge you $17 a day. And 10 plus medications will charge you $32 per day or, or whatever, whatever it is. So do you feel like you're getting kind of... Uh, I don't know, kind of nickeled and dimed a little bit with this stuff and it can change every month, right? If you need help to and from the dining room, right? We're going to charge you a mobility charge of, you know, X, X dollars, okay? And again, I've been told by people, a lot of people in the marketplace, they, they just, they don't love that one because you, you, it automatically sets, uh, it almost, I would say, automatically sets up a, kind of a, a showdown at the end of the month because you've got this base charge that's constant, but then you've got to pour through all, well, did you really have to help my mom, you know, X number of times with the shower? That's not what she said. And it all, it's, I don't know, it almost sets up an adversarial uh, discussion every single month. And again, you know, my clients just don't love that. And then the one that seems to be, I think, maybe the most popular, a flat fee per month charge. And that's a pricing model where uh, they just charge X dollars per month. Whether you need a little bit of help or whether you need a lot of help, it is X dollars per month. And that's it. No no explanation needed, (laughs) right? So it's just very, very straightforward. And uh, and that's a very popular flat fee for service pricing model. And I'll tell you, a lot of my clients uh, uh, really, really like that one. So, because it's just, it's just a no brainer. All right. And then there is always, well, okay, no, you can't say always. (laughs) In this business, there are always exceptions, but the majority of assisted living communities have what's called a community fee. That's not one of these huge, you know, entrance model fees of six figures. 
It's not that. It's a it's it's just a small non-refundable fee on the front side of it, usually a thousand to three thousand dollars, one time non-refundable. Think of it as like an HOA type of a charge. It goes in to help out with community upgrades, uh, landscaping, upkeep, common area maintenance, buy some new televisions for the bistro, that sort of thing. And again, some places don't have a community fee, but most of them do. And again, it that is not an entrance fee or one of these buy-in type fees, right? So it's just a small upfront one-time community fee. I'm going to have a whole lot more coming up next, but first the Senior Care Live question of the week. Medicare will pay for your stay at an assisted living community. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. Don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Odyssey.com, and that's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. Back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Medicare will pay for your stay in an assisted living community. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. The answer is false. Medicare, and I hate to break it to you because this is uh, one of the huge misunderstandings in the marketplace. Medicare will not pay for a single penny of your stay at the assisted living level of care. Well, what do you mean, Steve? We pay a lot of money. I've got the best Medicare coverage that you can buy. Okay, well, that's great. And I'm happy for you, and it's important to have great Medicare coverage, but that's just not something that Medicare pays for. But unfortunately, a lot of people believe Medicare will pay for their assisted living stay, and and even more people believe that Medicare will pay for your long-term stay at your long-term care community, and they don't pay for that either. We'll get into a whole lot more Medicare stuff here in the next few weeks as we approach Medicare open enrollment, which, by the way, is October the 15th through December the 7th every single month. We'll, uh, we're going to break down a lot of Medicare info coming up here in the next uh, two, three weeks, I think. So stay tuned for that. All right. So back to the assisted living discussion. Today is all about assisted living. And again, I just want to kind of put a point on that. Assisted living is not... Not a standardized model. Okay, unlike long-term care, that's a very standardized model. They all offer about the same thing. Now, obviously, some deliver better than others. Some do a terrible job. Some do an excellent job. But assisted living, you've got a lot of leeway in there. And it's really, a lot of that's driven by the staffing levels that you choose to have. So some of these assisted living communities uh, offer very, very little support in the way of those helping out with activities of daily living. Just very, very little. And they can do so. That's their choice. It's it's a marketing choice. 
Some assisted living communities bend over backwards to keep you out of a nursing home and offer a tremendous amount of support. Uh, Approaching that nursing home or long-term care level of care, approaching that medical model, and still there's still some things that they can't offer, uh, but but there's uh, there's just a wide gap. <laughs> okay, that's the point. Now, if you're out, if you're one of our, our clients with Senior Care Consulting, you don't have to worry about any of this. We take care of everything for you, literally everything, except for making the decision. That's your part, okay? But we do, we take care of literally everything right up and to the point of making the decision that's best for you and your loved one and your family. So our clients don't have to worry about that. But if you are going out into the market, expect to hear conflicting information as you go from community to community. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That that last one said something completely different from this one. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, that that's very, very possible. Okay, so, and uh, by the way, if you're doing this on your own, uh, the assisted living level of care is the second most difficult level to get your arms around and understand and actually choose the right one, right? That's, that would be the second most difficult one to find because there's so many variables and it's not a standardized model. Each place is different and they're going to be different. Okay, so let's move on to beware of the over promise under deliver i'm putting that in quotes over promise under deliver that's never a good thing statement that may be made by some aggressive sales representatives out there in the marketplace oh mr so-and-so we're an age in place community we can care for your loved one through the end of their life through the, their entire life you'll never have to move again And then I would add, until they can't do that, all right? In a study that I like, and this was a huge study, it's been a while back, but I still like it, that study found that 59%, of assisted living residents require a higher level of care during their stay. And that would force them to move to the next higher level of care, which would be that nursing home, long-term care level. So the statement of, we can care for your loved one for the rest of their life is true and correct 41% of the time. And then the other 59% of the time, it's over-promise, under-deliver. That leads to a whole lot of unhappy people. Let me tell you that. And I know this. Why? Because they call me. <laughs> they call me, man. They're mad. Did they lie to me? I mean, they said that my mom could stay here for the rest of their life. And three months later, they're kicking her out because they can no longer meet her needs. They didn't tell us about this and that and the other. Did they lie? And I'm like, well, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't there. So don't drag me into that. But again, over promise, under deliver. Aggressive salespeople trying to fill an apartment. I, I don't know. You, you make the call. So I'll also say this. I think the majority of our local communities and in, in, in our regional communities in our region, in this listening broadcast area, okay, I think we generally do a much better job than that study reports, at least in our local and regional area. And I don't believe they discharge 59% to the long-term care level in our area. 
But I'll guarantee you this, they do discharge residents every single day. And so you should be aware of some of the reasons that you, yes, you could receive a discharge notice. And I'm going to review them shortly. All right. So again, because the assisted living level of care is not a standardized model, and many, and I mean many, assisted living residents have to discharge to a higher level of care. And there is so much conflicting information in the marketplace. I want to review the top 10. I might sneak a couple more in there. But the top 10 most common issues that will, will result in you receiving a discharge letter from your assisted living community. I mean, I'm, I'm working with the family right now. They got that letter. You have 30 days to move your loved one to a nursing home. Uh, we can just send send your loved one somewhere. Or you can take care of it. But either way, your loved one's out of here. So here's the list of the most common issues that can trigger a 30-day discharge. I alluded to this earlier, becoming a two-person transfer. Okay, so I, I uh, it's been a little while back, maybe four or five months ago. I worked with senior care consulting clients. They were extremely upset to receive that 30-day discharge notice. They were not told of any transfer limitations. This was just out of the blue. And by the way, this particular assisted living community, they knew this lady was almost a two-person transfer when she moved in. Shame on them. Shame on them. That is a fairly clear example of trying to fill an apartment with an aggressive salesperson. Now, most of the time, you, you didn't ask the right questions or they didn't tell you their limitations. It might be as simple as that. But again, with senior care consulting, it's not an issue because we would never allow you to make that mistake. Hold on for a whole lot more. I'm going to continue with the conversation of the top 10 reasons you could be discharged from assisted living. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast of all of the recent episodes, again, at SeniorCareLive.com. And you could also find them on all the major podcasting platforms. All right, so it's all about assisted living today. And I'm starting my list of the top 10 reasons that you could receive or your loved one could receive a discharge from the assisted living level of care. Even if the salesperson said, we're an age in place community, your loved one could live here for the rest of their life. Okay, and it's possible that that could happen. Absolutely possible. But it's also extremely possible that that is not true and that you or your loved one would have to move. So I'm giving you all of the top reasons that could trigger a 30-day discharge from assisted living. So the first one was becoming a two-person transfer. What do I mean by that? I gave a just a quick little story on that. If you, if you need one person to help you from point A to point B, so you still have some strength, but it takes one person to help you for balance, et cetera. 
that's a one-person transfer. Every single assisted living community can help you with that. Gladly help you with that. If you become weakened to the point of, or maybe even dead weight, right, uh, to, to where it takes two staff people to help you from point A to point B, that's called a two-person transfer on and off the toilet, in and out of the shower, from your bed to your walker to your wheelchair, in and out of your reclining chair, etc., uh, that that's going to disqualify you from most assisted living communities, although there are a few that will offer a two-person transfer. The vast majority will not. Number two, requiring too much care. Well, what do you mean, Steve? That's what we're paying for. I mean, we're paying you know, $6,800 a month or $8,000 or $5,000 or seven, whatever it is. We're paying thousands of dollars per month. What are you talking about? Too much care. All right, well, the staffing model has limitations at most assisted living communities. And here's the bottom line. If you need more help than they can offer, you are out. That's it. It's just the truth. I tell you the truth. That's why so many people tune into this program. It's the unvarnished truth, even though, even if the industry doesn't appreciate that very much, Okay, I tell the truth. So if your loved one just requires too much care and you're getting up into that base plus level of care charge four or five, it's probably time to move. Or they may tell you it's time to move, okay? Number three, incontinence care is becoming more and more necessary, a higher and higher level of incontinence support. Uh, and let me say, most most assisted living communities, uh, in fact, all of them that I, well, no, I think there are a few that they, they won't touch incontinence care. If you need incontinence assistance, you got to go to the nursing home. They don't even mess with it. That's not very competitive, but again, that's, that's their call. They can choose to do that. The vast majority, I would say 95 plus percent of assisted living communities will, can and will help you gladly with your incontinence support. But as you need more and more support and you're less and less able to help out with that, at some point, at some level, and all of their levels are different, at some level... At some point, they're going to they're gonna kick you out. You're going to get the 30-day notice. We can't keep up with your incontinence care, your support. We're so sorry. You're maxing us out. Here's your 30-day notice. It's time to move to a nursing home. That could do it. Number four, if you need a low air loss mattress to prevent wound issues and skin breakdown. Okay, so that's going to indicate that you are in bed the majority of the 24-hour period, the majority of the day and night, you're at risk or maybe trying to prevent or maybe trying to heal wound care issues, skin breakdown issues, bed sores, that sort of thing. They just don't have the medical horsepower. They don't have the nursing horsepower to take care of that. And that could get you a 30-day discharge. And frankly, if you're in that situation and you're in bed most of the time, you need an, a low air loss mattress, you need wound care, you are definitely a long-term care or nursing home medical model type of a candidate. Number five, if you or your loved one needs medical care, again, such as wound care, I just talked about that, compression wraps for cellulitis or lymphedema requires a mechanical lift, which would indicate a two-person transfer. 
If you or your loved one requires tube feeding, maybe you have a a, a peg tube, okay, uh, or, or a, a feeding tube, or if you need IV therapy, uh, most of those, those, those are all falling into that higher level, into that medical care area that is going to cause a discharge. So look, you could move into assisted living and live there two or three years and then develop some of these issues and then just outgrow what they offer. And that's pretty common. Again, 59%, according to a a large scale study, national study, 59% of assisted living residents will outgrow what is offered, outpace that and require a discharge to the long-term care slash nursing home level of care. That's just a fact. Although our area, I think we do a better job, it still happens. All right, number six, if your loved one requires pain management, that is more than they can handle. So we have we have maybe a serious pain management issue. We have pain patches that have to be monitored and changed and placed at a particular point on your body that delivers the pain management medicine through your skin and into your muscle. Maybe you require pain injections of a pain management medication uh, maybe you have an implanted pain pump a pain management pump that gets refilled every month by your pain management physician so pain management in general that might be just way over their head and that could indicate a discharge to a higher level of care that'll get your 30-day notice and this one this one's Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It could be as simple as just needing diabetic management with insulin injections. Now, almost all assisted living communities do not offer around-the-clock diabetic management. Uh, Let me say that differently. Okay, I think I just threw out a double negative. (laughs) Okay, Uh, the majority of assisted living communities do not offer diabetic management with insulin injection again that's a function of the staffing right because they would have to have at least a minimum of an lpn round the clock now with that said there are some assisted living communities that are properly staffed and they can and they do offer diabetic management with insulin injection well, Steve, I can manage my own diabetic management. I give my, I'll give myself my, my own diabetic medication, and I, I figure out what I need on the sliding scale. I draw it up. I give myself my – can I, I – I, I do all that myself. Can I, can I do that? Well, maybe or maybe not. What happens if you get off and you're falling into a diabetic state of shock or diabetic coma, and then they have to do that for you? You're not able to do that for yourself. And if they're not staffed to be able to do that, then they're calling 911, and then you have to be transported to the hospital. It goes on and on and on. Uh, So, again, most of them, that's a no-go. A few of them, it is. So, if you move in and you're a diabetic and it's controlled with oral medication, yeah, that works fine. That's no big deal. But it's when you get to that type 1 or type 2 that requires that insulin injection, that's when we get into problems. All right, number eight. Needing help eating your food at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or needing 
a very specialized diet, such as a pureed diet because of, or a mechanical soft because of swallowing issues, or maybe some other, some other type of a very specialized diet, okay, a lot of times that's not going to work for them. Now, in this day and age, we're all foodies, right? <laughs> with, with, you know, the, the food channel and the cooking channel. And uh, hey, and by the way, I love those. I watch them all the time. I like to cook. Uh, Etc. And everybody, everybody likes this, right? So with that, I will say there's been a tremendous improvement in all of these dietary programs and particularly at the assisted living level of care. A lot of these places have like legitimate chefs. They have chef driven menus and the food is a big deal. And the food, I think, and the preparation and the taste and all and the presentation, everything, all of that, I think, has has elevated and increased over the past several years. And that's a good thing. It's always a good thing. But if if you need a a highly specialized diet, that could be a no-go. If you've declined to the point where you need someone to literally feed you, okay, that's that's generally that's not going to work. That's going to get you a discharge. Okay, and then all assisted living communities care for residents. This is number nine. Okay, care for residents with cognitive impairment. Every single one of them, right? So if you, if you contact one, they're going to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we, we, got, we got you covered. We got you, right? We offer memory care. Okay, even if they do not have a memory care neighborhood. And that's because all of them, I guess, sort of offer memory care. They can take care of your loved one uh, with you know some mild cognitive issues. However, when the memory issues exceed their limits, you will be asked to move, period. That's it. You, you will be asked to move. How do I know that? Because I just know it. I've been around this business for decades. I've operated senior care consulting for 19 years. I've received hundreds, if not thousands of calls over all the years. And I've heard, I think I've heard just about everything, right? So after the break, I'm going to give you an example of when you could be discharged from assisted living due to a cognitive issue. Don't go away. I'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to all about assisted living today. I'm talking about the top 10 reasons why, uh, the top 10 things that could trigger a discharge from the assisted living level of care, no matter what the salesperson said. All right, so I was talking about all assisted living communities can care with residents that have some cognitive issues, some some mild dementia, early Alzheimer's, some pleasant uh, you know, forgetfulness, a little memory loss, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, uh, if, if your memory issues exceed their limits, and again, all their limits are a little different, you will be asked to move. So here's an example. So your loved one is doing well in an assisted living community. Everything's going fine for a period of time. And then your loved one experiences a cognitive decline 
And now, all of a sudden, it seems, out of the blue, they're wandering. They're just wandering about. They're not trying to cause any trouble, but they're like, oh, I wonder what's going on outside. And they walk outside to check out something, and it's zero degrees. It's 100 degrees. They walk outside into traffic, and they don't understand. These are all just bad things because of their cognitive decline. Now they're considered what the business calls an elopement risk, or uh, you might just generally consider that a flight risk. Okay? This is a real serious issue. So most assisted living communities have what's called a wander guard system to help out with this. It's a little transmitter on a watch or a little ankle anklet, right, or on a bracelet. It sets off an alarm. If the resident gets too close to one of the exit doors, then they can come get you and redirect you uh, away from the danger of potentially going outside and putting yourself unintentionally into harm's way. It's a great tool to prevent your loved one from elopement. But if your loved one is setting off that alarm 50 times a day, that's not going to (laughs) work. You're going to get the discharge letter saying we can no longer meet your loved one's needs. All right, so that could do it. Number 10. Now, we're going to call this one nine and a half. (laughs) If the assisted living community has a memory care neighborhood, your loved one can be transferred to that part of the building. And that'll usually take care of the issue. But remember, the assisted living is the, is, is the level of care. Memory care is the type of care. So if they have a medical decline, even in, assist, in the assisted living memory care neighborhood, they could be discharged because they need more care at that long-term care level. Memory care or not. All right. Number 10. Hopefully all this is just more clear than mud. (laughs) And again, you don't have to worry about this if you're a senior care consulting client because, again, we take care of all this for you. But you can definitely do it on your own. I'm just trying to help you out if if you're a DYI kind of a person or family. Number 10, if you run out of money, you will get discharged, period. The vast majority, over 95% of the market, that's private pay only at the assisted living level. Even if you've lived there forever and ever and ever, and even if you've spent $200,000, dollars $400,000 over this period of time, the second you run out of money, you are out. Now, with all things, there are a few exceptions. There are a very tiny few places that will work with Medicaid. I don't have uh, time to break all of that down. There are some definite catches to that. There's usually a family contribution that's required over and above what the person can pay and what Medicaid will pay. I'll break that down another time into, in, into detail, maybe get in the weeds on that one. But the bottom line is, for over 95% of the market, if you run out of money, you're out. You have to understand that going in. Okay, Uh, a couple of bonus reasons. If your loved one is falling too much, uh, they're just they're they're an an increased fall risk. Uh, The the assisted living community they don't want they don't want that liability. They don't want these falls and injury uh, on them. You're going to have to go to a higher level of care where there's more staffing that can look after you. And by the way, do not sign a negotiated risk agreement. Basically, letting them off the hook uh, if you're uh, for the liability if your if your loved one falls. I've talked about that in the past. Maybe I'll revisit that in the future. Do not sign a negotiated risk agreement where you're agreeing that if your loved one falls, they're not responsible. Don't do it. Just move them to a higher level of care. 
Don't leave them there in danger of falling. And then where there's no risk, there's no liability, okay? You're, you're bearing all the risk. Don't do that. All right, then one more bonus. If your loved one, and this could this this will get you discharged, and it may not be a 30-day notice. It may be a they're out of here in three days, that's it notice. If your loved one has any negative behaviors, I'm putting that in quotes, they will be discharged. It could be too much wandering, wandering in and out of other residence rooms or apartments. They could be exit-seeking, trying the door, trying to intentionally leave. Uh, this one will get you a quick ticket out. It could be foul language, inappropriate language with the opposite sex. It could be inappropriate sexual advances that will get you out in a heartbeat. It could be aggressive or combative behavior, psychotic issues of seeing things that are not there, talking to people who are not there, and then reacting, all of these things. And God bless these people. Okay, it's not their fault. But all of these things will get you a quick trip out the door of assisted living. So what can you do to avoid that premature discharge and, and help extend your stay or maximize your stay at your chosen assisted living communities? Number one, ask all the right questions about their limitations up front. Don't, don't make any assumptions. You know what assume means, right? <laughs> Understand exactly what you're getting into and how much care they actually provide. Ask detailed questions. Again, something that senior care consulting does on behalf of our clients. Number two, if your loved one has memory-related issues, make sure you choose a place that does provide memory care, and I'm talking a separate memory care part of the building, a memory care neighborhood, a memory care unit, the special care neighborhood, whatever they call it, right, if, if that increased level of care is needed in the future so that you don't get kicked out or discharged, you just transition to the memory care part of the building where it's a secured unit and they can take care of all your loved one's needs. That will help you immensely. Number three, this one will really help you. Choose an assisted living community that's connected to long-term care so that if your loved one needs that medical level of care, they can easily transition to long-term care without being discharged. Okay, they just transition down the hall or across the, you know, maybe across the lawn to the long-term care community and you're still within that same organization or maybe even under the same roof. Under, number four, understand the finances of all of this. Do the math and calculate how long your loved one can afford to pay privately. And then ask yourself this question. This is really simple. Are you willing to move your loved one again one more time when they run out of money? If you say, you know what, we're just going to go over here. We're going to live the next uh, you know, six to eight months, 12 months, 24 months. We're going to live this period of time. And then we're willing to move them one more time to a Medicaid certified nursing home. Okay, that's fine. But if the answer is no, I don't want to do that. I, I want my loved one to age in place. I don't want to move them one more time. Then you need to choose a place, an assisted living community that is connected to long-term care, and then that that's not the end of it. That long-term care also needs to be Medicaid certified so that you can plan for their needs in the long term. If this all sounds very confusing, that's because it is. If it sounds tough, it really is. You can call Senior Care Consulting today or next week, whenever you're ready to talk about this, at 913-945-2800, and we can walk you through all of this we'll hold your hand we'll walk alongside of you and we won't let you make a mistake i'll tell you that 
All right. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.